Next on BYU Sports Nation, rough road ahead. What can BYU football produce with three games in the Eastern time zone? A shocking stat of the day adds eye-opening context. With Sierra Taki Taki in the National Football League, what is your level of concern for the middle linebacker position? Plus, we talk with Taysom Hill's newest New Orleans Saints teammate, Corbin Kafusi. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now from Studio B, your host, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Station is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It's gonna be May. Wednesday, May 1st, wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with 90s boy band insider Jason Shepard. While I appreciate that, let's make no mistake about it. If anyone's going to walk around with that moniker, it is you, my friend. The 90s boy band insider? You are the boy band guy. You have <sighs> Now, was it, was, it, uh, was it Backstreet and NSYNC? I guess NSYNC hasn't toured. It's it's Backstreet you've seen in concert, right? Well, I've seen both in concert. <laughs> oh, yeah. See, it proves my point. It just proves my point. That said, I saw NSYNC in the year 2000. In the year 2000? Yes. Okay. And I saw the Backstreet Boys recently in Las Vegas. What about 98 Degrees? I have not seen 98 Degrees in concert. O-Town. Oh, I forgot about <laughs> O-Town. LFO. <laughs> <laughs> is LFO considered a boy band? I think so. Just a couple of poser white guy rappers, <laughs> right? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, what What was the song? Summer Girls. Summer Girls. It's one of the best songs ever. It is nonsensical. It makes no sense whatsoever, but it's one of the best songs. The Great Larry Bird Jersey 33. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. It's just random sentences put together. There is no rhyme or reason to it. Yeah, I'm well, trying, they do I'm trying to remember all. There was like this crazy wave of boy bands in the late 90s. Oh, yeah. And it started with the new kids on the block in the early 90s, but they were kind of in a class of their own. In KOTB. Well, KOTB, NKOTB. Yes. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> but then like 10 just sprouted in the late 90s and oh, yeah. it became like this super fad. Well, as soon as one was successful, you got to recreate it. Everybody <laughs> wants their piece of the pie. Greatest boy band ever. I'm going to send out that poll. During the break, okay, I like I'm it. going to send mm-hmm. out uh, the question and four options of what I think are the four greatest boy bands of all time. I want you to answer BYU Sports Nation. I like it. <laughs> the Osmonds going to be in there? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Here is today's show lineup. Uh, Osmond's also not included in that. <laughs> New Orleans Saints free agent Corbin Kafusi joins us in Studio B in 15 minutes. What was draft Saturday like for him amidst the chaos? Crazy times. We'll play buy, hold, or sell coming up in about a half an hour. And women's rugby player Taisley Triple before the national championship speaks with us in 40 minutes. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU softball hosting the University of Utah tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern on BYU TV Digital. The Cougars have won four games in a row overall, 10 of their last 11. By the way, BYU hasn't lost to Utah in softball in Provo since 2008. Women's volleyball's Mary Lake was named to Team USA's Volleyball Nations League roster. Lake is one of 30 on the roster, which will be finalized to 25 players by May 11th before play begins on May 21st. Congratulations to Mary Lake. Absolutely. 
Number 25, BYU Baseball travels to Los Angeles. They'll take on LMU in a three-game series beginning tomorrow night. Cougars, and this is fabulous, currently sit in first place in the West Coast Conference with a record of 13-5. and five. Listen to the game on BYU Radio live at 9 p.m. Eastern. We are number one. The Cougarettes represented the United States and took home a silver medal in the hip-hop division at the International Cheer Union World Cheerleading Championships. Well done, Cougarettes. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Justin Timberlake, BYU's coming for your home state. BYU football will make the always tricky East Coast road trip three times, in fact, this season at Tennessee in Knoxville, second game of the season, then at Toledo and in Tampa Bay for a showdown with USF. All three of those teams, Jason, expected to have winning records this season. And that brings us to an eye-opening stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Since 1982... BYU football is 1-18 when playing in the Eastern time zone against teams that finish with a winning record. 1-18? That is unbelievable. The one? 1994 at Notre Dame. Boy, it was a big win, right? It was a a huge win. But that's the only one. How crazy is that? 1-18, and 18, again, let me clarify here, against teams that finish with a winning record in the Eastern time zone. BYU football is 1-18 since 1982. Good grief. Okay, so again, let me revisit what I just told you. At Tennessee, at Toledo, and at USF, three teams expected to finish with winning records, Jason. My question for you is, how will BYU fare in those three games in the Eastern time zone? Uh, are, we not, uh, are we not mixing in UMass? We don't want to put UMass in this mix? Well, they're not going to finish with a winning record. How do we know? They just have the greatest player in UMass <laughs> history drafted into the NFL, Andy Isabella. <laughs> that is true. With the Arizona. Look, because I just can't even fathom 0-3, I'm going to say for sure 1-2. Okay, I don't know which one you get. Maybe you catch Tennessee early in the season, and you just never know. Some of these early season games, you never know how that, those are going to play out. Obviously, Tennessee is one of the first four. Look, Toledo's, from a like projected win, Toledo's expected like 7.5. Central Florida, or excuse me, South Florida is 7.5. 2-1 one is certainly possible, but, I mean, for sure I think you go 1-2 and two at least. Okay. Look, and here's the other thing. Here's the other thing about it. And I know this is something that you and Jerem talked about yesterday. Health coming out of September is going to play a huge role in how the next two games fare. Because the next two games right out of those out of September is Toledo and South Florida. That's a crazy turnaround. How you come out of that from a health standpoint and who is available, who's not available, that plays such a huge role in it. Now BYU is fortunate because they have a bye week, the first week of October, between games at Toledo and at South Florida. So they don't have to go to Ohio and then seven days later go to Tampa. So there is that built in. But still, statistics would show clearly this is not an easy thing for BYU to do, to go to the Eastern time zone against winning record teams and win those games. You have to get at least one. You have to. And yes, BYU plays at UMass. So technically there are four games in the Eastern time zone, but 
BYU is going to beat UMass. They're, they're expected to win four games. Not going to finish <laughs> with a winning record. It's the big three in the East, Tennessee, Toledo, and South Florida. Realistically, BYU is going to finish one and two against these three teams. If the Cougars win two of those three, then that's gravy on top, Jason. I project that BYU will win seven games this season in the regular season, which would be one more than last year, and then have a chance at eight wins in the bowl game. If BYU can win two of these three games in the Eastern time zone, then the Cougars have a shot sure. at eight wins in the regular season. It puts you it puts you ahead of maybe where you thought you would be. I, I you got to get one. If you can get two, you are feeling great about the situation. No question, without because, question. Then if you tack on UMass, you're three and one against the Eastern Time Zone teams, right? You know what? Let's get greedy. Let's go four and zero in the Eastern <laughs> Time Zone. It. Let's just break no. that trend. No, we're we're gonna just like like pile them all into one season. One in 18 since 82. Crazy. That's nuts. Crazy. BYU with some opportunities for sure. Absolutely. And speaking of opportunities, there really isn't any surprise when it comes to who will be playing outside linebacker for BYU this upcoming season. We know that Zane Anderson, Isaiah Kafusi, those guys are firmly entrenched there. Mm -hmm. But what about the middle linebacker position? Ed Lamb, linebacker's coach, joined BYU Sports Nation yesterday and said there are several players in the mix. We had had a number of guys in the spring that that I thought each showed – some uh, ability, some promise, and, and I still need to work with them, and they still need to develop as players. Look, some of those names that he's referring to, guys, that will be in the mix. Trajan Peely, Jackson Kafusi, Max Tooley, and Peyton Wilgar. So, Spencer, what is your level of concern about the BYU middle linebacker position coming up this season? Not a ton. If we're measuring concern, I'd say on a scale of 1 to 10, I'm a 4, Jason. <laughs> Yeah, not that concerned right now. I have complete faith and trust in Ed Lamb, first and foremost, to be able to find the guy that's going to be the assignment sound, super responsible, know where everybody's supposed to be, good tackler guy for BYU. And I think it's probably going to be Trajan Peely. And maybe it's a it's a pure mix of Jackson Kafusi and sure. Trajan Peele. I know he mentioned four names, but I think those two guys are the guys in the middle. And if I had to pick a starter today, I'd say that it's probably Trajan Peely joining Zane Anderson and Isaiah Kafusi on that uh, three linebacker front. Yeah, you and I are on the same page when it comes to that. Look, I'm not concerned at, at all. It's May 1st. There's plenty of time for that position to work itself out. And, and like you... I think Peely, maybe just to maybe start the year, because he has had more game experience, maybe you go there, and then you know if somebody outplays somebody, then, then you make some of those. Certainly, he mentioned Jackson Kafusi specifically and how well he performed during spring, so certainly he's definitely in the mix for that. I just don't worry about the linebacker position at BYU. We know the type of players that BYU gets. We know that the type of production that comes out of that position, it's, I just BYU's going to be able to find guys to play there. I'm just, I'd be more concerned if there were issues finding guys on the outside, I, and, and there's not. So I, I'm really not concerned at all. Well, we saw the depth of the outside linebacker position exposed late in the season. There were just a ton of injuries last year. When Isaiah Kafusi had to go out of the game against right. Utah. It changed everything. Then you got to go to some really young guys. So yeah, the outside position, because you have to do a lot of pass coverage in the way that the BYU defensive scheme is set up, is uh, more critical, clearly. Middle linebacker, if you got to replace somebody... I would opt that uh, it be a middle linebacker and not an outside guy. So just hope that Zane Anderson and Isaiah Kafusi can stay healthy. Absolutely. The depth is always a concern right there. 
If you could have one former BYU player, and maybe it is a former outside linebacker like Kyle Van Noy, return for a season, Jason, and we like to play the hypothetical game. The what if. Who would it be and why? You got one guy, one season coming back in their prime. Like, and we're talking any sport, right? Any sport. I- I'm going to be honest with you. The very first person that came to mind with this question is Jimmer, but I decided not to go that direction. Why? Well, I mean, let's be honest. The answer can always be Jimmer. Even if it's a football <laughs> question, the answer could still be Jimmer. Okay. Look, ultimately, I decided on Jim McMahon. Okay. Look, I want to see Jim McMahon's skills in today's game. There, there is, there's no throw we can't make. He's going to stretch the field, which I love. You want to see that type of offense today, right? Like, that is BYU old-school passing attack. And, and I also kind of want to see that personality today. You, Jim McMahon today, first of all, just stay off social media if you're, <laughs> if you're telling, okay? But look, 80 and 81 were his, were his big seasons. I was like four or five at the time. So I, I kind of want to experience what a season with Jim McMahon at quarterback at okay. BYU is like. Here's the other thing. In the new development of football, you wonder what the Cowboy would be like yeah. against these defenses now. It's t- everything's changed. This may sway anybody that's, that's thinking something else. Listen to this. 1980 versus Utah. Jim McMahon went 21 of 34 for 401 yards and three touchdowns. One Utah was terrible. That's fine. It was still a 50-point win. All right. 1981 versus Utah. 34-53, 564 yards and four touchdowns. BYU also scored 56. Yeah, Utah wasn't in the Pac-12. I don't care. I want to see those numbers (laughs) against Utah. (laughs) Everything's changed, though. That's the thing. So I... Because I thought about maybe I I, I would go with like a Jim McMahon type or go back and get Ty Detmer for purely selfish purposes because I was out of the state. I missed all of it. I mean, I saw it from a distance, but I missed all of it in person. It's great times. I'd invite Jimmer Fredette back for (laughs) one more year. And you know what? Never gets old. Long distance shooting in basketball. Would his game translate to college basketball now? Yes, more than ever. (laughs) I would love for Jimmer Fredette to come back for one year in his prime, play with BYU, just so I could witness that with my own eyes in the Marriott Center and see what that's like. You know what you know Jimmer should be wearing every day of his life? A t shirt that just has a green light on it. <laughs> hey Jason, the guys did, Jimmer, green light. did Jimmer beat Utah? Of course he could. Of course he did. Yes. And he could probably who knows? Again, it doesn't matter the sport. Jimmer could probably be the answer <laughs> to everything. What one former football player do you want to come back? <laughs> Jimmer for dead. It's a football question. I don't care. Jimmer I know for it is. Good gravy. All right, let's throw the question out to the masses. If you, BYU Sports Nation, could have one former BYU player in their prime return for a season, who would it be in why? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At CL underscore living answers on Twitter. Max Hall. Ooh. Utah fans won't like this answer. <laughs> Hashtag BYUSN. The last quarterback to beat Utah. Who's the next? Is it Zach Wilson? No, no, no. Who, not who is the next. The next is. Okay. In how many days? Countdown to the Utes. 120. 120 days to be exact. If Zach Wilson beats Utah in the season opener, does that cement his legacy as a yes. great you BYU quarterback? You need to finish the sentence, yes. As a great BYU quarterback. A former Ute fan being the quarterback that breaks the streak against Utah? You can't write better storylines than that. 
Would that be the pinnacle moment for Zach it's Wilson? It's going to happen. Like, you know okay, it's going to happen. If he beats them, would that be the pinnacle moment for Zach Wilson? Well, up until that point. <laughs> What's going to be better than snapping a potential eight-game losing streak to Utah? National championship. Okay, all right, Jason. All right. All right. Coming up, from Latter-day Saint to New Orleans Saint. Free agent signee Corbin Kafusi joins us in Studio B. What was draft Saturday like for him? He figured it was going to be crazy, but now that he's experienced it, let's get the nitty-gritty. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU softball hosting Utah tonight at Gale Miller Field. Watch the game on BYU TV Digital. Tune in at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Live from Studio B, this is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside the boy band man, Jason Shepard. Of course, you're playing second fiddle to me in that, right? That's that. I'm seriously, that is you. That is so. You were in a boy band. There's video of this. <laughs> a makeshift boy band. It's still yes, there. It's still but the video is still, still out. Still on there. the intraweb. Yep. It, it really is. And maybe there will be something coming up in between the lines in the near future. <laughs> I know there have, will be. You'll just have to wait and see. Joining us now in Studio B, a guy who's way better than a boy band. In fact, he's one of the newest New Orleans Saints, former BYU defensive lineman. And in his words, the Polynesian Bob Ross. Corbin Kafusi. <laughs> welcome back, man. man. Thanks for having me, man. You're a New Orleans Saint. How does it feel? It's amazing. I'm, I'm pumped to be a Saint. Congrats on signing with the Saints. Really exciting times. I know a lot of BYU fans are stoked about the Taysom-Corbin connection there. Uh, why are the Saints the best fit for you right now? It's, it's kind of just all the stars are aligned, I feel like, for me and the Saints because the defense they run is the perfect scheme for what I do. They run a 4-3. You know, they're low on defensive ends currently, and so it's just kind of like the perfect storm for me to go in there. Take us through what that day, speaking of Saturday, was like, especially as, as you get towards those later rounds and there's a possibility and maybe one of those teams taking you. Take us through that, and then ultimately once the draft was over, how it played out signing with the Saints. It was a roller coaster for sure, just big-time roller coaster, super stressful. And it was weird because it was way different than the way Bronson's went down. And so I was like, okay, I'm not going to watch the draft. Like, it'll be on. My dad will watch it because – He's stressed more than I am, and I'll just kind of do whatever and just have my phone by me. But it was just crazy because I didn't know all the stuff that happens, like especially within those later rounds. You know, Bronze just got his one call, and that was it. Whereas, like me, I was talking to coaches throughout the whole process. Like, and coaches saying, Well, we're going to take you here, we're going to take you there. And it was just a roller coaster because it's like, you know, my family was like, Okay, the next call is when. You know, but literally I had like five or six calls. And so it was just, it was a roller coaster. Okay. And so there, I mean, there's a scenario where you're being told you're going to be taken in the sixth round or the seventh round. And so, and then, and then it doesn't happen. So how do you process all of that? It's, I don't know. You just kind of roll with the punches type of thing, you know, and that's exactly what happened. Teams like, oh, we're going to take you here. It didn't happen. They're like, all right, next round, that round comes around. And then right before, like you think, oh, this has got to be the call because it's right before their pick. And like, Hey, we got to go a different direction. Sorry about that. And it's like, all right. Like, Holy cow. Yeah. So, but you just kind of like, you're just kind of in the moment. And so it's, you just kind of process it all. So, how, so once, once the draft's over and you realize, okay, we're going to go the free agent route, mm-hmm. what happens? What was the timeline? How many teams contacted you? How many teams were you kind of deciding uh, in order to sign with that ultimately then deciding to go with New Orleans? 
There was a couple teams. In fact, it was funny because during the whole thing, my agent and I are talking because they're talking to him as well. Like, hey, we want him to sign him. You know, in the sixth round is when it started to heat up where teams are calling in about free agency, like not just picks, just like free agency. And so then you start looking at depth charts. And so that was kind of my deal. My agent had me do He's like, I want you to have your computer open, looking at all the depth charts and seeing <clears throat> what defenses you're going to fit in best so you have the best opportunity. And so there's probably a good, like throughout the whole process, there's probably six, six to ten teams that like kind of, you know, fluctuated on how much they wanted me and what they wanted me to do. So you ultimately, obviously, decide on the New Orleans Saints. You said the stars aligned, so it became a clear answer. Oh, yeah. But during the initial mix, were, were there any other teams you're like, hmm, maybe? And if so, who were those teams? So I thought, I thought Green Bay was going to pick me. Okay. That's who I thought was going to draft me. Okay. But then that didn't happen. Um, I know there was a chance with the Falcons, whether with free agency, but then it was weird because literally I had a deal with the Rams. Like as soon as the draft ended, I had a deal with them. And while the deal was being processed, like literally my agent calls, he's like, all right, you're St. Louis or not St. Louis. You're an LA Ram. Congrats. I hang up the phone. Literally a minute later, I get a call from the Saints D-line coach. And he's like, don't move a muscle. We're going to get on the phone with your agent. Like we want to we want to make a deal. And I was like, okay. And so literally, <laughs> so for a good minute, I was a Ram, you know? <laughs> that is unbelievable. Yeah. Well, hey, let's be honest. Either one, I mean, we're talking about the NFC championship game yeah. for either team. Yeah, you're so. pretty good. You're in pretty good shape either way. Oh yeah. So I was excited. So let's say, and your buddy Ziggy Ansah is considering the New Orleans Saints, the Seahawks, the Ravens, the Bills. What what if Zig ends up in New Orleans and it's you and Taysom and Ziggy? What do you think about all that? Oh man, that'd be crazy. It'd be crazy because it's like crazy enough to know one guy on the team or just anyone, any kind of relation. But to have guys that you've known over the years, that would be that'd be awesome. So I'm assuming you've talked with Taysom since this happened. Have you? What's what's the conversation with Taysom been like and being teammates again? It was just basically, you know, he hit me up and he's like, "Hey man, we're excited to have you." And you know, Taysom's such a good dude. He's mm-hmm. awesome. And so it was good to. You know, have him reach out and hear from him. And he's like, hey, if you need anything, let me know. And I'm just excited to see them all down there. Sure. What kind of interaction had you had with the Saints and their staff and their scouts leading up to the draft? I personally hadn't had any. So, like, they weren't, like, the teams leading up to the draft, like, the weeks leading up, I had never even, the Saints weren't really on the radar. Isn't that how it goes? Yeah, exactly. And that's what was crazy, you know, like, I hadn't heard from any of their scouts. Like, of course, I think I filled out one of those, you know, just a general quest they called, like, hey, what's your number, yada, yada, yada. But no real, I don't know, connection with them up until that point. Wow. So what's the schedule then moving forward with the Saints? When do you go to New Orleans? I mean, there's obviously off-season camps that, you, that you'll be participating in. What's, what's the plan over the next couple of weeks and months with New Orleans? So we start our rookie minicamp next weekend. And so I'll fly out there this next week, go through minicamp, and then we start our, you know, our, basically our spring training, and we'll go through that. And then you come back or, you know, I'm, I'm just there as long as they need me. You know, I, I do whatever they say. So I'll be there for next week until whenever. How do you feel right now in terms of just overall condition, body, physicality, all that stuff? I feel great. I feel like I'm in great condition, and so it's, I'm, I'm excited to just go out there and play. 
like how compete. Much, how much of a relief is that for you? I mean, you go through that, you have the injuries, and you go through the the surgery and the rehab, and and you you probably in the back of your mind like, is is am I ever going to be a hundred percent? And now that you're at that point, what kind of a relief is that? It's a big time relief because you know you you always think. Will I be the same? And, of course, there's things that are a little bit different. You know, you got to warm up longer now and all this other stuff. But it's nice to know, like, oh, things still work. You know, <laughs> the, the pieces still move. The machine's still working. <laughs> Where do you expect to make the biggest impact with a team like the New Orleans Saints? Because I can't help but think you were a freak on special teams. You're super athletic. You blocked a lot of kicks. Like, I would imagine that a team like New Orleans who runs some stunts and does some things crazy on special teams, they're looking at you as a potential help there. I would, I would love to help there. You know, that's, that's one thing I always wanted to do more of here at BYU with special teams. But I remember I'd get kicked out a lot. Like this last year, I, I told Coach Lamb because he was over special teams, I was like, hey, I want to run down on kickoff. But then as soon as it comes <laughs> down for like the kickoff tryout, I'm in line. And Kalani's like, what is this dude doing in line? And so I'm excited because I don't think the Saints will have that problem with me. Like I'll, they'll be like, okay, let's see what happens. So hey, I'm I'm just pumped for it. Taysom Corbin punt block or field goal block. That sounds pretty good. Oh, it's that'd the BYU be awesome. connection. That sounds pretty good. What, what your teammate, uh, Sione Takitaki, was drafted in the third round by the Cleveland Browns. What were your thoughts on Sione getting drafted? Oh, I was so excited for him. So pumped. Like when I heard that, I was like, oh, it was it was like relieving for me, you know, because you kind of get stressed for those that you love, your brothers and whatnot. So I was pumped to see him get taken. That dude has had quite a story. Oh, what, yeah. what a rise. Yeah. Um, how would you sum up watching from the bottom all the way now to the top, what he's done? I think it's literally, it's hard to say that it was crazy. It's a crazy story. But when you get to know Sione, you're not surprised by it at all. You're like, it's just Sione being Sione. And like you're, it's gratifying because I don't think a lot of people early on saw that in him. You know, they didn't see how great of a player he was and how, you know, incredible he was in every every way. And so it's one of those moments where it's like, you know, when you pick the winning team and everyone and they win and everyone's shocked and you're just like, always had them, always had them for the win. That's how it is for Sione. Very cool. Next year, when we're talking about the draft, who do you think is the BYU player that we'll be talking about the most with NFL potential? Ooh, that, there's a lot of good guys. Like, the, honestly, the one that comes to mind right at the top is Kyrus. Yeah. Oh, but, yeah. But I mean, like, who, who in your mind do you think is in that mix for NFL next year? We have a ton of talent. I think there's tons of guys. And in fact, going through the process, I heard from plenty of guys about the next draft class. And so, you know, you have guys like Kyrus, you have guys like dying you have guys like zane so there's there's plenty of guys that could come out and just impress everyone great stuff again Corbin, remind us uh when you leave for new orleans uh next week next yeah. week let's give you some karma for, uh, <laughs> for mini camps boy sports nation karma being transferred to corbin kafusi congratulations man thanks man we're thrilled for you i'm, I'm excited you're more than just the Polynesian Bob Ross. I hope you, I hope you know that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, hopefully they don't know me by that down there, you know? <laughs> well, it is an artistic town, so yeah. maybe you want to show them your painting skills. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It's good food down there, too. Oh, that's what I hear. Yeah. I'm pumped. Great yeah, stuff, man. Thanks, Corbin. Enjoy every second of it. Appreciate it. Coming up, we play buy, sell, or hold. Speaking of Sione Takitaki, will he be a starting middle linebacker in the NFL in year number one? You buying that, Jason? It's BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. 
Let's keep it rolling, BYU Sports Nation. It is May. Isn't that crazy? I can't believe it's already May. It's May. (laughs) The time just continues to fly. And uh, the show is flying by as well. So let's uh, get back to our headlines. BYU Softball hosting Utah tonight. 8 Eastern will be streaming on our BYU TV digital platforms. Utes and Cougars. With BYU on a four-game win streak, they've won 10 of their last 11 overall. Haven't lost to Utah since 2008 in Provo. Big time congratulations goes out to women's volleyball's Mary Lake. She has been named to the Team USA Volleyball Nations League roster. Lake's one of 30 on the roster, which will be finalized to 25 players coming up on May 11th. Play will begin on May 21st. BYU baseball travels to Los Angeles. Take on LMU for a three-game series beginning tomorrow night. Cougars currently in first place at the WCC with a record of 13-5. Mike Littlewood says he'll feel comfortable getting to Stockton in the playoff if they can get to that 16-17 win mark in league play. They're pacing for that and more. Listen to the game on BYU Radio at 9 p.m. Eastern. Big, big series in L.A. And the Cougarettes represented the United States and took home a silver medal in the hip-hop division at the International Cheer Union World Cheerleading Championships. Getting it done. You know what we need to do now, Jason? Buy, sell, or hold? That is correct. Buy, sell, or hold. And to do that, let's bring in our good friend, Ben Bagley, the voice of BYU Sports Nation. Ben, what do you have for us at number one? Well, we stuck with the NFL with Corbin Cafuso. Let's stick it with it here. Buy, sell, or hold. Sione Takitaki as a starting linebacker in the NFL. This Now, clarification. Are we asking, do we think he's a starting linebacker in the NFL period, or is he starting for the Browns this year? I, I would say, let's, let's, qual- let's qualify it as... For the Browns in year number one. Look, I'm going to say hold because I, I just don't know the Browns linebacker situation well enough to be able to give you an educated answer on that. I absolutely think he's a starting player in the National Football League. You're a third-round draft pick. Those guys start in the league. But I just don't know what their situation is and who he's playing against, or excuse me, you know, jockeying for position and time for. Right now, I'll say a hold, but without question, I think he's a starter in the league. All right, I'm buying this in year number one, Jason. After talking with Jeff Lloyd of the Browns Locked On podcast on Monday and hearing more about the current linebacker situation with Cleveland, Sione seems to be probably the first guy out of that starting rotation. And guess what happens to linebackers in the NFL? There's attrition, and there are injuries. Sione's going to get an opportunity at some point in year number one to be a starting linebacker. So maybe it's week 12. Maybe it's week 17. The Browns are in the playoffs, and the 17th game doesn't matter. Hey, Sione gets his first start. I think it's going to be before that, but I'm, I am buying this. He will start at least one game in year number one. As long as the Browns don't take the playoff spot for my Chiefs, I'm perfectly fine with it. Oh, can you imagine? If the Browns keep the Chiefs out of the You know the they're playoffs. not expected to be a playoff team by some. They're expected to just miss. Kansas City. No, 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 no. The Browns. The Browns just miss. Yes. There, there's, some that's, there's some that say they will be. I think they will be. I think they're on the trajectory is certainly Let's up. ask Baker Mayfield about that. I know, that. yeah. Number you know. two. Buy, sell, or hold BYU baseball finishing in the top two of the WCC. Uh, You go first for sure on this one. Buy, without question. This team is on a roll. They're in first place currently, 
and we're gonna we're gonna have a pretty good idea to what you were talking about in the headlines after this series at LMU. This is the team that's the closest right now to BYU in the standings. It's one and two. I, I think the way BYU is playing right now, I just don't know too many teams that are gonna leapfrog them. I think they're gonna finish easily in the top two. Yeah, I'm gonna buy this, and I think BYU is gonna sweep San Francisco next week too. Uh, which will definitely help the cause to finish in the top two. So I, I am buying BYU baseball to finish top two. Now, if this were BYU baseball winning the regular season championship, then it's a little bit more murky because of the series upcoming with LMU with the one-two matchup. But right now, yeah, I'm buying that they're finishing in the top two. Next. So Spencer and Jason, would you say that was a buy, buy, buy? Yes. Well bye, bye, bye. done. Yeah. Yes. Well done, Ben. You didn't do the this though. Uh, not, well, uh, yeah. I'm well. So I'll leave that to Spencer. <laughs> Number three, <laughs> buy, sell, or hold. Danny Ainge remaining the youngest Blue Jay ever to hit a home run for the next month. I'm gonna sell this. Yeah. Like Vlad Guerrero Jr is an unbelievable talent. I, honestly, I'm surprised they did not, speaking of the Blue Jays, did not promote him to the Major League Club earlier. The guy was just killing it in the minors. He's too good to go another however many games it is, 30 games without no way. Hit, hitting. Yeah. A, he's going to hit a home run. So unfortunately for Danny, I think he's going to be uh, surpassed by Vlad. How random is that, that all of this time has passed, and the Blue Jays are an accomplished organization. They've won multiple World Series championships and recently been to the Major League Baseball playoffs, and Danny Ainge still holds the record as the <laughs> youngest Blue Jay to hit a home run? That's awesome. And he wasn't even there that long. <sighs> the dude was a legit he's not talent. even known for that. I mean, a legit yeah. dual sport stud. You know, there's a very interesting question with and with the BYU twist. Mark Durant, former BYU basketball player, current BYU basketball analyst on the radio, <laughs> huge Blue Jays fan, huge. Does he want Vlad to have the record because he's such a big Blue Jays fan, or does he go the BYU side and wants Danny to have it? That's a tough question that only Mr. Durant can answer. Oh, we'll ask. We should get the lawyer on the line soon <laughs> to discuss this very, very burning topic. No way. I mean, 31 days. There's no way Vlad Guerrero Jr. is going 31 days. To hit He's home too good. He'll Have hit you home seen run. how far he can hit the ball? He's like his, he is his dad. Yes. He can destroy a baseball. Like he's got way too powerful of a swing and slugging percentage for it not to happen in 31 days. He's going to hit one. All right. Last one. Well, because, Spencer, you did join the, the nerdum of BYU Sports Nation and saw Avengers Endgame. Yeah. Buy, sell, or hold Avengers Endgame, the greatest Marvel movie ever. Can I go first on this one? Please. Sell. This is not the greatest Marvel movie of all time. It was very entertaining and very well put together. I mean, there are some murky parts. At least me for me personally, but I, I'm selling. Like I liked it, but I do not think this is the greatest Marvel movie of all time. I too am going to sell. I loved it. I thought it was great, but it's still not the best of the movies that they have done. What would you say is the Look, best? I was I was thinking about this this morning. Honestly, I I enjoyed Thor Ragnarok better <laughs> than than Endgame. And again, I loved Endgame. I loved it. Uh huh. I mean, I, I Civil War. Fantastic. Winter Soldier. Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is a fantastic movie. If, you've not, if you're like the, one of the three people who have not seen it, go see it. I mean, certainly, it's like billions of dollars. People are seeing this movie. 
But see it. It's fantastic. But no, I, I still don't think it's the best of all they've done. Yeah, I'm sticking with Guardians of the Galaxy, the original. And I actually like Avengers Infinity War. I think it... I'll, I'll be honest. I, I actually think that movie is better than Endgame. The drama involved in Infinity War is incredible, right? And hey... This is spoiler free. We're not giving you anything here. <laughs> so don't don't tweet at us and get angry. We didn't drop anything. <laughs> oh, great stuff. We've been asking you about great former BYU athletes. And if you had the opportunity to bring back one in their prime for one more season, who would it be and why? Sarah Thomas Bobo on Facebook. And she goes with an outside linebacker, Jason. Okay, all right. I'd choose Kyle Van Noy. He's so fun to watch and such a great athlete. He would bring a spark to BYU for sure. Hashtag BYUSN Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We bring Brigham back. (laughs) (laughs) I almost wore my Brigham sweatshirt today. How funny would that have been? (laughs) Should have told me. Then I would wear, uh, you know, Brigham flat brim. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Coming up, who won a silver medal at BYU? Find out in the Cougar Whip Around. And next, Taisley Triple of BYU Women's Rugby is preparing for the national championship match. What's going through her mind right now? Hi, Taisley. You can tell us next. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU baseball on the road again, flying out today, heading to Los Angeles. They'll face LMU tomorrow night, a three-game series against the Lions. Listen on BYU Radio at 9 p.m. Eastern time. Welcome back to the show with our question of the day. We want BYU Sports Nation to answer. If you could bring back one BYU athlete in their prime for one more year, who would it be and why? At Jake R. Camp answers on Twitter, certainly a lot of great names you could go with. From Jimmer to Max Hall, Ainge to Detmer for me, I'd love to have Cody Hoffman back for this season. Okay. That is off the board. He seemed to catch almost everything thrown in his vicinity, and with Zach slinging it, that would be a lethal combination. Cody Hoffman, one of the underrated receivers at BYU. I'm not sure gets the his just due. I want you to do that in the Bill Walton voice. <laughs> the most underrated receiver <laughs> ever in the history of BYU football. <laughs> Of college football. <laughs> That's true. You need to make it a broader you got to make right? that big. The most underrated receiver in all of college football. <laughs> Join the conversation 24-7 on social media by using the hashtag BYUSN. Joining us now before the national championship match of BYU women's rugby is Taisley Triple. Taisley, welcome to Studio B. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. You bet. You fly out to Charlotte tomorrow, tomorrow? matched up with Virginia Tech. Uh, whoa, we're going to get into the match in just a bit. But first, we, we're complimenting you on your name during the break. Taisley Triple is a great name. What's the story there? There's not much story. My parents just kind of came up with it. So Love it. Yeah. Okay. Congratulations, parents. We <laughs> like the name. Very unique. Very, a very cool name. Especially T-A-Y-Z-L-I-E. <laughs> it's even got a cool spelling. Yeah. How'd you get into rugby? Because it's kind of one of those off-the-radar things. How did it begin for you? I was one of the lucky ones who had a high school sports team for rugby. So I just found out about it from other girls who were recruiting. So I just joined right in and have never looked back. Wow. Yeah. So And you play fullback, is that correct? I am center. Okay, so, expl- yes. so explain 
what that position is in rugby. For, for those that, okay. that don't necessarily know rugby very well, educate everybody on what the position is and what your responsibilities are. Okay, so we split the team into two. There are forwards, then there are backs. And so I'm a back, and within the backs, there are several positions. And I'm a center, so I do a lot of the passing and the running with the ball and getting the ball out to the wings. So a lot of the backs do a lot of the running and moving around the field, while the forwards do a lot of the heavy lifting and the hitting and a lot of the rucking and tackling. So There's great center. tradition in rugby at BYU, obviously, with national championship lineage on the men's side. And the women's team has been right there on several occasions yeah. recently. So do, do you feel any additional pressure knowing that, hey, we've, we've been to the national championship matches at different levels and whatnot, but we haven't won one yet. So what, how do you balance all of that and the emotion that's, that's behind that? There is the pressure, but in the past couple of years, we've gotten so close and we feel like this is our year. We've worked really hard. We're well-conditioned, and our coaches are amazing. They've really prepared us, and we have a feeling this is going to be the year we take the championship. How is this, yeah, how is this team different yeah. than the ones you've been on previously? Our front pack is amazing. We're led by awesome seniors who are so strong, and we're one of the strongest packs in the nation. So if they can do the heavy lifting and then hit really hard, it'll give us the backs the chance to swing the ball out and get in the try zone and score some tries. So you guys 12-1 and one in the season, 2-0 and oh in the postseason. We so, are. So what, what do you think has been the, the reason for this year's success? Like, what's, what's, what's this team like? How has that translated on, you know, onto the field? What, what's this season been like for you guys as a group? We definitely work really well together. We're sisters. We're not teammates. And our coaches do an amazing job of conditioning us and getting us prepared for every situation. So in practice, we practice all the situations that could possibly come up in a game. And they do a really good job preparing us for everything that could possibly happen in a game. And we just work really well together. We love each other. And we're excited to hit the field together. For the common sports fan in North America, they hear the word rugby, and I think there's understandably this uh, connotation of physicality, and it's kind of a brutal sport. But when you watch it, at least in my experience, the more I got to know the game and, and watch the game, there really is a lot of finesse involved. And so if you're trying to explain what people will see if they watch the national championship match against Virginia Tech, what kind of a sport are they going to see? They're not, are they going to see just wall-to-wall hitting and craziness? <laughs> or what, what else is involved there? There's a little bit of everything. There will definitely be a lot of contact and chasing down and tackling and going right into contact and hitting the ruck. And so it's going to be a very physical sport, but it's also going to be a sport where we run the ball a lot. We're going to try to run circles around them. We feel we're a lot more conditioned than Virginia Tech right now, but we're just going to be ready for everything. <laughs> On a personal level, what does it mean for you to be playing for a national championship? This will be my first national championship, obviously, and I'm way excited. We're super pumped, and it's going to be very nerve-wracking, but it's something new, and I'm excited to try it. Okay, you're, you're a freshman, and I you're am. dealing with uh, a team that's led by a lot of seniors. How do you fit into that mix? They're awesome with leading us. Our captain, Ellie, is so good at bringing us under her wing, and the other, the other seniors are amazing about teaching us the things that they know and making sure we feel included, and they help us find our spot on the team and help us realize what we do best. So we work together as a team and all bring our strengths together. So they're really good about bringing the strengths out in the younger girls. You come from a program from where you played in high school. Mm -hmm. Why BYU? I'm sure you had other opportunities, other schools. Why BYU? I love the morals and I love the team. The team, we don't play on Sundays. We've had to forfeit a couple games in the past. And I, I like that, that we bring our morals first. And then second, we play and we're sisters. So the program is amazing, and the coaches, Tom, Kisa, Monica, and Tabita are amazing. Like, that's really what drew me to this program. 
All right, Taisley Triple with us on BYU Sports Nation. Follow BYU Women's Rugby on Twitter at BYU Women's Rugby. Championship game this Saturday will be streamed live on flowrugby.com. Play-by-play live on our Twitter account also, uh, again, at BYU Women's Rugby. So fantastic stuff. Um, Would you please do two things for us? One, sign our Sailor Coog flag. Because all of our in studio, send it guests, anywhere we, you would like. We need a Taisley triple signature on this uh, flag, and we'd like to give you some BYU Sports Nation karma. Okay, I don't know if you know how this works. <laughs> Athletes come on the show, we give them the karma, and it gives them just that little bit of edge. Okay, it's a real. That'll thing. be great. It, it is a real. It works. Thing. So when we come up with the championship, we'll know. We'll know why. Don't doubt the karma. Don't doubt the karma. <laughs> Thanks, Taisley. Thank you so much, guys. All right, Taisley Triple, freshman center back for BYU Women's Rugby, getting ready for the national championship. They fly out to Charlotte tomorrow. Good luck uh, to BYU Women's Rugby. Coming up, our rise and shoutouts. And who has earned the elite voice of the day? Better be a good athlete that you're bringing back in their prime for one year. <laughs> okay. I'm tired of this okay tweet. We need an elite Elite. voice of the day. This is BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation with a shout-out to today's guest, Corbin Kafusi, one of the newest members of the New Orleans Saints, and Taisley Triple of BYU Women's Rugby. They compete in the national championship this weekend against Virginia Tech. The show on demand via podcast and the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Spencer, let's whip it. Okay. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Softball. Hosting the University of Utah tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern time. Watch the game on BYU TV Digital. The Cougars have won four in a row and 10 out of their last 11 games. Volleyball. Mary Lake has been named to the Team USA Volleyball Nations League roster. Lake is one of 30 on the roster, which will be finalized to 25 players by May 11th before play officially begins on May 21st. Congrats and good luck to Mary. Baseball. 25th-ranked Cougars traveling to Los Angeles to face LMU in a three-game series beginning tomorrow night. Cougars currently sit in first place in the WCC with a record of 13-5. and Listen to the game on BYU Radio at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Athletics News. I'm going to hold on this one because it's today's rise and shout. I'll tell you, the Cougarettes, they represented the United States, took home a silver medal, but there's more to this coming up in just a moment. Cougars in the minors. Colton Shaver went one for four with an RBI as the Class A advanced Fayetteville Woodpeckers lost to the Lynchburg Hillcats. The Hillcats. That old Hillcat-Woodpecker rivalry. (laughs) I love minor league baseball so much. It's fantastic. Americana at its finest. (laughs) Today's rise and shout-outs now. And for me, as I said, going to the BYU Cougarettes because, Jason, after they go to Florida – and win two national championships, you come back and think, hey, we hit the pinnacle, we're national champs in two divisions, give us a break, let us relax for a moment. No, they went right back to practice. They come back from Florida, and they're like, oh, yeah, well, we got to represent Team USA, so no rest for the weary. These girls train basically all day long and practice more than anybody really wants to uh, give them credit for. It's crazy what they do. Silver medalist, congratulations. It just, the back-to-back is why I wanted to give them the rise and shout-out. Yeah, it's cool they won the silver medal, but it's how they managed to win the silver medal after winning national championships. Fantastic. Uh, My rise and shout-out goes to a young man by the name of Jonah Bradshaw. He's a 13-year-old from Saratoga Springs. He signed 
with BYU Baseball yesterday with the help of a nonprofit uh, by the name of Team Impact. He has a condition. I, I would butcher the, the name of this condition. Uh, luckily, we can say AMC okay. is what it is. He basically he was born without the ability to move certain muscles, and his bones weren't fully developed. He's, he's in a wheelchair. For those watching on BYU TV, you can see some of those pictures. He will be around the team in Love different it. capacities through 2020. So a, a fantastic story, and congratulations to the newest member of the BYU baseball team, Jonah Bradshaw. A well-deserved rise and shout-out to Jonah. Very, very cool stuff. Uh, great pictures as well. Uh, I'm sure you can see some of those at the BYU Baseball Twitter account, uh, Jason Shepard. The press conference and everything yeah. yesterday. It was really cool, and I know it's something uh, that everybody involved will never forget. Fantastic. All right, back to social media now. Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. All right, Jason, if you could bring back one <laughs> BYU player in their prime for one year, one more go at it. Who would it be and why? At Racing Coog Answers on Twitter. Ronnie Jones-Perry. BYU was so close this year, getting to the Final Four. Too bad she wasn't a junior. Oh, can you imagine if Ronnie Jones-Perry was coming back along with everybody else? BYU Volleyball is going to be probably a top 10 team when the preseason They absolutely are should be. If they had Ronnie Jones-Perry coming back, they'd probably be like a top three team. Yeah. She was such a oh, dominant she, athlete she, she at BYU. Was, she went beast mode. Like, it was crazy. So good. At jbrady underscore 12 on Instagram. Austin Colley. That dude was unreal. I would give just about anything I own to see him catch passes thrown by Zach. Can you imagine if he came back for one year? Zach Wilson to Austin Collins. And on fourth. In their prime. On fourth and 18. <laughs> There's a fourth and 18 to win the game against Utah. Well, Max to Austin was pretty good, too. It was great. Yeah. But you add in the Zach factor. The Elite Voice of the Day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort celebrating 50 years. At Yazzie Bryan on Instagram. Many great athletes to choose from, but with football season coming up, it would have to be Jim McMahon. He held his teammates accountable, a leader that would help this team bring out the best in each of them if it was basketball Danny Ainge for the same reasons. Yeah, see, I want Jimmer back just because I didn't get to see it in You person. want to experience it. Yes. That's one of the reasons I want Jim McMahon. I was too young to know anything about it. I want to experience that type of offense. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Hey, Dennis Pitta. Hi, Dennis. For Jason, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Jordan Gray. We'll see you tonight. 8 Eastern, 6 Mountain on the BYU TV digital platforms. BYU Utah softball. Go Cougs.